He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hoops Heaven proudly brings to you Basketball Hustle. But Ellis fumbled the ball. Two on the shot clock goes up a prayer. Yes! As he was falling to the ground, it's a three! He shot it literally from the hip. Definitely a highlight. Here come the Billikens. Four on two. McCall. Ellis. Left corner. We missed now. Bang! From way down under. Cody Ellis. Reddick brings low out away from the best. Stolen away by Cody Ellis. One man to beat. To the hole. He's fouled. Layup. Good. Whistle foul. Held the best. Ellis for the reverse. Oh, through fingertips. What a move. Ellis drops in a bomb. I love seeing Cody Ellis coming out, feeling good. Ellis. Cody Ellis. Ellis. Pull up jumper. Cody Ellis. Bang. Cody Ellis. Can he stand and deliver? Cody Ellis. Now it's time for another episode of Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle. Hello and welcome to Hoops Heaven's Basketball Hustle for another week. And Cody, we say this every week, but we're waiting for a quiet time where there's not as much to talk about, but we might have just as much, if not more, to talk about this week, especially when you take a look at what's happening at the Perth Wildcats. So we'll have to focus on on all of that. You've got the two Melbourne teams that just keep on winning. It's great to see for the Adelaide 36ers fans to see them back it up, what they did the week before and go and win in New Zealand. Two terrific wins Team performances from the Brisbane Bullets. Cairns Taipan showed a lot of heart when they were also severely un- undermanned. A couple of slip-ups for the Tasmania Jack Jumpers and the Sydney Kings, so it'll be interesting to get your thoughts if they are two of the top three teams right now. We had another game winner from Tyler Harvey. We seem to get at least one of those every single season. We're here thanks to Hoop7 and Tab Touch. I'm Chris Pike, but the man you've all tuned in to hear from, the former Sydney Kings and Illawarra Hawks forward, the former Warwick Senators championship winning captain, Cody Ellis. Gee, it's another big week. It is. And the further we get on into the season, the more headlines seem to pop up, yes. uh, which is always good. It's, uh, it makes for an entertaining time. So, uh, yeah, look, lots to get into uh, this week, and uh, it's going to be a fun one. A lot of upsets as well. It's really tough to predict every single game in the league right now, and what that's also doing is making it tough to mm. help people find some winners thanks yes. to TapTouch. and. <laughs> Head to the TabTouch app or tabtouch.com.au and, and have a look at some of our exclusives that we try to come up with both in the NBL and NBA right now. But it's tough work trying to pick a winner. Oh, it really is. It really <laughs> is. You know, it's uh, it's not good when, you know, you put a multi together for people and the first leg doesn't come <laughs> off. It's, uh, it's never a good sign. So, now nah, look, doing all we can for uh, for you guys out there. So uh, hopefully we're picking some winners for you. Yes, we're, we're doing our best. Um, happy Halloween to you as well, Cody. Um, how did Halloween go in your... In your household last night, as we record this, yes. Well, having a part American family, yes. uh, it's it's always a big deal. So mm. you know, the missus really gets around it, and so does Chase, and mm-hmm. he loves it. And he was out with friends this year, so mm. uh, you know, Lauren was a bit upset that he didn't <laughs> want to go with us. But uh, no, it's good. It was really good. So um, lots of candy at home, which yes. is uh, not a good sign because I'll probably <laughs> end up eating most of it. How did the house decorations go? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. We we don't do a whole lot, but. Uh, you know, we, we ran over to, to my mum and dad's and, you know, they had a bit of bit of stuff going on out front. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's always a bit of fun. Yeah. We had a couple of door knockers here as well and little Elvis, our, our co-host or our, our mascot, was very quick to run to the door and and greet them and try to try to make, make their day as well. So it's always a, a fun time time of year. Before we get to the Perth Wildcats discussion, Cody, because that's going to take a, a little bit of time to, to unpack all of that, Um Let's just get your quick thoughts. The, the good pass that we saw out of round five in the NBL. Yep. Melbourne United kept on winning even without Daly and without Ian Clark mm-hmm. for, the, for the second game. South East Melbourne, we always thought once they get to full strength, they might be a, a really good team and that's what, that's what it looks like right now. So they kept on winning. The 36ers backed it up by going over to New Zealand and, and winning. To me, the Brisbane Bullets were a big surprise packets getting that double win over Perth and, 
and Tasmania. And then for the Taipans to bounce back from losing at the buzzer to, to the Hawks with Tyler Harvey, to bounce back without Tajir McCall, without Taron Armstrong, and then without Patrick Miller for the second half, and to get a win over the Sydney Kings. I think those were the, the positives to take out of this weekend. Yeah, they certainly were. And look, Melbourne just, they're so deep, they're so talented, yeah. they're so well coached. They just, they keep doing enough to, to win. Yep. You know, I, I don't think they're, you know, at the point of just blowing teams out of the mm. water because um, we haven't really seen that too no, much from no. them this year. But they just do what's needed. Yeah. Um, you know, with with Delhi out for probably still a, a while to come and with Ian Clark out for that second game, mm. you know, you had a Chris Goulding game that yeah, we haven't yes. seen for a little bit, yes. and which was fun to see. Yep. Um, so Probably his best game since you put 50 on, on your team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course you bring <laughs> that up. <laughs> but, yeah, look, it, it, they're just they're so deep. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're, they're going to keep doing that. They're just going to keep plugging away. The thing that they hang their hat on is, is defensively, and yep. and you can see that. Um, South East Melbourne, you're right, full strength, and mm. we've probably been saying that for a few years, and our, our yeah. other co-host, um, Simon, can probably attest well, to that. But uh, unfortunately <laughs> for Simon, he still has PTSD oh, about imagine. the injuries that he's copped over all four of his seasons. Yeah, I can I can well imagine, and look, I mean, we spoke about it all the time on yep. the uh, on, on the podcast that you know if they do get to full strength, they'll mm. be tough. And the yep. little times we did see them, yep. um, they were, and it's the same this year. Uh, now they're pretty much at full strength. They've been really good. Yeah. Um, a lot of fun to watch um, and just, again, just so so deep and I guess they rotate really well. Yeah, the coaching yeah. staff does a really good of rotating them and, yeah. and getting guys in and out and, yeah, look, they're, they're a lot of fun to watch. And their fortune doesn't now depend on if Mitch Craig has a big game or no. not. They don't have to rely on him. No, and that's good. And that's yeah. only going to open him up to, yep. to be more successful throughout the season too. Adelaide, I mean, it was awesome to see. You yeah. know, they, they've kind of found a bit of form. And they kind of needed to, um, you know, probably probably saved CJ's job. <laughs> I honestly, think so. I think yeah. their win here certainly did that, and then backing it up and and doing what they did probably saved it for another few weeks. Yes. Weeks yes. going ahead, which is which is good. So look again on paper, they don't have a terrible squad. No, they're obviously very guard heavy and, and loaded up in that department. Yeah, but they've got the the pieces to to be successful yeah. in this league if they play through Isaac. Yes, which yes. Surprise, surprise, they've done the past few games. <laughs> well, and, and his last two games have been dominant. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think we can underestimate the impact that DJ's had either. And we no. talked about it when, as soon as they signed him, he would bring them that swagger, that yeah. that confidence and, and that toughness. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what's happened. Oh, it is. It's exactly what's happened. And, you know, him with the ball in his hands is, has been really good for them. Yeah. You know, just, just playing off that pick and roll with Isaac. Yeah. You have to go to DJ because he's going to yeah. pull a three straight away or he's going to get into the lane and... Yeah. You know, if, if the big commits, then that little dump off pass has been, mm. you know, so good for them. Yeah. So yeah, look, they've yeah they've really turned a corner, and uh, mm. it'd be interesting to see if they can keep backing it up. Well, they they, they come to Perth on Saturday yep. night, and they would love nothing more than to turn the heat more on the Wildcats, wouldn't they? Yes, they would. Yes, they would. And this is one of those games where I think Isaac's probably eyes are starting to light up. Yeah. You know, he came in here and, and absolutely torched the digs last time they yep. were here. So that's going to be an interesting one this yep. week. Yeah, so we'll, we'll talk about some of those other things. We'll talk about Brisbane and Cairns a little bit later. Just your quick thoughts. We'll run through these and then we'll get into our Wildcats discussion. So things went from bad to worse for the Perth Wildcats. There's a lot to unpack there. Tough losses for the Jack Jumpers. They had two losses over the weekend. And then mm-hmm. the Kings lost up in up in Cairns, even with DJ Hogue back. You concerned for either or both of them? No, nah, not really. Not mm-hmm. really. Look, you're going to have games, rounds like this. Um, you know, you, you can't just win every single game. It just doesn't happen mm-hmm. in this league. Tazzy dropping both was tough, yep. but I mean, look, two tough games. So hmm. I think that uh, not overly concerned. No, it's um, frustrating, Cody. We talked about how we hope Marcus Lee's allowed to stay on the floor and just can't. <laughs> didn't happen. Fiat up very quickly, especially on Sunday against Brisbane. Yeah, and it's it's almost at the point where you can't play him, yeah. you know, which is unfortunate. But, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I mentioned it last week. He's He's got to be able to adjust to that, yeah. you know. It's just those little ticky-tacky fouls that... Yep. It gets him in trouble. Yep. Um, yeah, look, it, it's frustrating to see for someone of his calibre mm. to, to not be able to play, and I'm sure it's, it's a struggle for them too. <laughs> yeah. New Zealand Breakers, what sort of a black cat have they run over or, yeah. or seen or what la- what ladder have they walked under? I mean, they, they just keep losing bodies. I mean, they've already had to replace Justinian Jessup. Now they've lost Island Cheatham. Mm. Um just horrible luck for them. You have to feel for them. I'll talk about it a bit later in more detail because they've had a, again, they've had the whole most horrible travel schedule thrown at them as well. Yeah. Why, why can't they catch a break? Well, they've 
had a bit of the uh, the Phoenix rub off on him. Yeah. Really, you know, <laughs> it's um, it's tough for him. I think um, you know, obviously they were always going to have a tough start to the season, and mm. we heard you know Murdoch talk about that in, one, in his press conference yeah. after their yeah. last game. But you know, it, it, it's part of, and, and I say this every season. I feel like you know, luck really does play a part in yeah. it, and some of these injuries are just due to just bad luck. You know, it, it's it's nothing that they're doing. No, it's just yeah, it's just one of those. Starts of the season for him again. Another team that wants full strength, if they can get there, yes, is going to be tough. You know, um, we said they were going to have a slow start to the season, but we didn't expect all this to happen to them, unfortunately. <laughs> no, um, mixed bag for the Hawks as well. It's it's only a matter of time until Tyler Harvey has one of his game yes. winners. He did that against the Taipans. It's hard to know if they struggled against Melbourne because Melbourne's such a good team, but they couldn't couldn't back it up. Did you see enough to suggest that we don't have to say same old Hawks this week? Yeah, look, I think they're, they're slowly turning a corner. Mm. They're certainly being a lot more competitive. Yes. I think, um, you know, the first couple rounds, it was very, very much same old Hawks, unfortunately. And, you know, um, we'd had to mention that on every cast <laughs> so far. But I think this week they were, they were able to take it to teams. Mm. And, look, obviously playing Melbourne's, Tough, yeah. right? Yeah. But I think they did a good job. I thought they they were they were decent enough, and you know, obviously they're not as talented as Melbourne, but mm. I thought they took it to them as good as they possibly could. Yeah. Um, pretty pretty fun to see a Tyler Harvey uh, <laughs> yes. game winner again. Yep. Um, even after the the struggle that he had mm. all game. Yeah. Um, you know, I think before that he was only two for mm. something crazy, yeah. and. And that's what you love about Tyler Harvey, right? Is doesn't matter that that shot was always going to be mm. his shot to take. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean that was pretty fun to see. It was. Um, let's get to the Perth Wildcats, Cody. Before before I say anything more, what was your reaction when they not only that they lost to the Brisbane Bullets on Friday night at home, a Brisbane Bullets team that had lost four straight and didn't have Aaron Baines and Shannon Scott, and really there was no excuses for the Wildcats in this game to to not come out and respond. What was your reaction? The way they played and with the result? Uh, it was kind of no real adjustments from the mm. last few weeks, really. It mm. was going in, you would have thought it's probably the team that you'd want to run into to try mm. and find some form. Mm. In, and that's absolutely no disrespect to Brisbane mm. because you've got your marquee big man out in Baines and then you're in your marquee ball, point guard. Your marquee yeah. point guard and Shannon Scott, both out. Yep. Meaning that some of the guys from the bench are going to have to step up, right? And, well, they certainly did. You yes. know, they came out and they were really good. They just took it to them. They're decent defensively. Yeah, it, it was uh, it, it was fairly surprising. There was no real adjustments from mm. from the cat's end. Mm. Let's get to the Jesse Wagstaff discussion because mm. this is a fascinating one. And when you've been in tough situations, your last year at the Hawks, you went through something that no player should ever have to go through. The whole week was made about Jesse Wagstaff mm-hmm. to come back home to celebrate his four hundred fiftieth game. Every single day that there would be new videos posted yeah. for social media, they changed their logos to Jesse 450. He ran out with his, with his three kids and it was, it was heartbreaking looking back after the game to see the smile on their faces and then to realise that he didn't hit the court at all in, in, that, in that game. Um, how, does he, how does he not hit the floor when, the, when it's a whole week dedicated to him? Yeah, look, Jesse Wagstaff week, and, yeah. and rightfully so. You know, yeah. he's, he's been one of the most successful players for that club and really in the league ever. Yeah, yeah. And obviously it, it wasn't his actual 450th game, but it was no. a celebration of it, yeah. right? So it was, I think it was game 451 for yes, him. but it was the first time at home. I think exactly. the same thing happened with your 200th where yeah. you ended up celebrating it at home the, yeah. the next week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, look, not playing him was a mistake because of what it was, right, and yeah. what it meant to... Jesse, what it meant to his family, mm. but also I feel like what it meant to the organisation and the mm. fans. And, yeah. you know, he, he's been in a Cats jersey for so long. Yeah. I mean, 450 games yes. is crazy. Yeah. Like, that is so many games. First play, 2009. Yeah. That's unbelievable. That's a long time ago, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Not only was it a mistake not to play him for those reasons, but... I don't understand why he wouldn't hit the court anyway. Mm. It's not like anyone else on the floor was playing any mm. better than he could have. Yeah. You know, it's if anything, he should have thrown him out there to get the crowd into it. Yep. It was a pretty quiet game from from what it sounded like on mm. the on the broadcast and 
it's one of those things that playing in Perth, the Red Army is is such a force usually, mm. and that is is your sixth man. Yeah. They were clearly out of it. Bringing Jesse in to you know go and do Jesse things, mm. run through a screen, or yeah. take a charge, or dive yeah. on a floor, yeah. or be that antagonizer and get the crowd into mm. it. Really, there's only positives from chucking yeah. him out there. Yeah. Well, so, well, let's put it into perspective. Brisbane started that game eighteen to three. Yeah. Um, and and their biggest strength is Nathan Sobey driving to the basket. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't Jesse be worth throwing out there to see at least if he can try to take a charge? Well, that's it. And how many times have we seen <laughs> guys like Sobes yeah. get to the rack? And then Jesse step up and take yeah. a charge, yeah. you know. So it, it boggled my mind, honestly. Mm. I'm fairly confused at, you know, why it didn't happen. And, I mean, realistically, it should have been his 450th a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, because he had a couple of DPs earlier. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, I'm not – it's fairly interesting to to see the, the backlash of what's happened yep. and yep. the kind of uproar of the mm. – really, the lifelong members of yep. the club. and. Yep. Mm. So yeah, look, I, I do think it was a bit of a mistake. In in hindsight, for his actual four hundred fiftieth game was the week before yeah. on the road. I mean, and he played. I think we talked about it last week. The first five minutes of the game, then didn't come back on on the court. Yeah. In hindsight, should have they not played him in that game, and then started him for this game at home for his actual four fiftieth and playing for the first few minutes. It couldn't have gone worse. No. <laughs> they couldn't have got worse than eighteen to three. No. Should should have they done that? Yeah, I mean, definitely could have done that. I I still think that. A step behind, you know, the Jesse Wag stuff that everyone's, mm. you know, come to love and watch. Mm. He he still just has that leadership out there and that yeah. veteran savvy, and he yeah. can read the game well. And well, is there anyone else on that team except for Hiram Harris? In mm-hmm. fairness, which was good to see him on the floor. It's actually willing to sacrifice his body for the for the team. No, no. Yeah. Keanu's probably the only other one, mm-hmm. but not in the way Jesse does it. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Kyle Zernick mm-hmm. would be my other one that yeah. would do everything to put his body on the line mm. for that team. And mm. we haven't seen him at all this year either. Just on Jesse, I mean, he he clearly wanted to play on for one more season and yeah. wanted to do it in Perth. But he had a really strong offer from Scott Roth and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, I mean, Scott would have treated him better than he's being treated mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. I know it's a big move to move states, but realistically, all that he and his family had to do was move for six months. You didn't have to move your whole life forever. Yeah. Was it a mistake for him to not go and play under Scott Roth in Tasmania for at least this season? Yes and no. I think, you know, one thing that he can certainly hold his hat on is being that that player that's loyal to his club, um, which does does hold a lot of merit, I think, yeah. for, you know, I think more yourself personally than anything else. Yeah. So, look, it's it's a tough one. I think he certainly could have been useful on that Tassie team mm. and... You know, his veteran leadership and mm. his championship calibre and, and all that stuff that goes along with everything that he's done in his mm. career would have been perfect for that team. And, yeah. you know, Scott Roth would have embraced that and, and found a way to make it work. Mm. He's not in the best situation in the world right now, mm. unfortunately. And, you know, we saw a couple seasons ago with Scott Morrison and he was playing more minutes than he'd ever played in his career. <laughs> yeah. So. It's uh even it's last a, season he pl- he started he a lot and played big minutes. Oh yeah, he's he's probably started more in the last two years than yep. he had in the rest of his yep. career, which yep. is pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden now he's just not playing at all. So yeah. it's interesting to see. There's there's a fair bit going on behind the scenes, I think. Do you feel like this is the first time that you've ever seen the Wildcats fans, they weren't always the Red Army if you go mm-hmm. back to your, your dad's yep. your dad's days, but they've become the Red Army over the last what, fifteen years. Yeah. Um is this the first time you've actually seen them hostile towards their own team? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is kind of the first time that you've really seen them the way they're playing right now, you yeah, know, and yeah. constantly playing like this. Mm. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy to see. And, you know, hearing boos throughout the stadium mm. that aren't directed at the opposing team mm. is, is something that I actually never thought I'd see yeah. here in Perth. So it's an interesting interesting situation in that really came out and said, you know, I don't care mm. what, you know, if the fans boo, you know, mm-hmm. it's not about them, it's about us, yeah. which I do totally understand because yeah. it is. It's about the, you know, the 14, 15 players, the coaching staff, mm. and that's who's going to win games. And yeah. you do tend to 
internalize that a little bit though. Yeah. It's yeah. it's not something, that, especially here in Perth, mm. you can't really come out and be like, no, oh, I, I don't give a... No, I think it's the right mentality to have, but I think you keep it internally. Yeah. Once you come out and say, in those press conferences, you're almost talking to your fans yeah. and, and your members. And for him to come out and say that he doesn't care what they're mm-hmm. feeling, that's not going to help them get on side. No, not at all. Not at all. And look, Perth fans have come to expect a certain level of excellence here yeah. in Perth, right? Yeah. It, it's just how it is. And mm. we've kind of seen it a bit in the footy where yeah. a team like West Coast, who yeah. was so dominant for so many years and then kind of a bit of a fall from grace from yes. them, yeah. and then the fans just <laughs> stopped showing up, <laughs> yeah. really. Yeah. So you, you don't want to have that happen mm. with the Wildcats. Because, mm. I mean, you know, so many members for mm. so many years and then it keeps going the way it's going, then mm. you're going to lose a lot of them. Yeah. I don't think the club can afford to do that. No. It's a hypothetical, so it's impossible to know, but having been around the Wildcats when Jack Bendat was in charge, mm-hmm. I've got no doubt serious de- um, decisions would have been made by now if he was still the owner because nothing mattered to Jack more than winning. Yeah. Every, everything was about putting a team on the court that would win. Yep. No- nothing else mattered. He was willing to, if it meant having to pay somebody out, if it meant giving up money, he would make the hard decisions. So two-part question. If Jack was still owning the Wildcats right now, would John really still be coaching? Will John really remain coach like Craig Hutchison's come out and said? Yeah, look, I think if Jack was still owner, I don't think he would be. Mm. I think they would have probably moved on from him probably this week, yeah. honestly. Yeah. Um, but I think the ownership group now, I mean, obviously they've, they've come out and said that they're backing him and all that sort of stuff. Usually that's the kiss of death. <laughs> yes. You know, we, we've seen that happen so many yeah. times before. Yeah. But with them kind of extending his contract mm. last year, mm. I don't think they can afford to do that, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy that after the year they had last year that they've extended his contract mm. from that because... I'm not sure why they did. It's not like he was being heavily recruited to go somewhere else. No, and I guess the forward thinking would be understanding the players that they were bringing yeah. on board yeah. and thinking, all right, if he's super successful this year mm. and he's off his contract, then he could be a lot more expensive yeah. for us. Yeah, sure. But I feel like you've got to kind of roll the dice with that. Mm. But, look, I, 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 don't think, I don't think we see a coaching change um, mm. this year from them at all. I think it's. I agree, and I think it's two reasons. I don't think they can afford it. No, because we've seen the the position that put Adelaide in. At, mm-hmm. at some point, they were paying three coaches with Joe Wright, yeah. Connor Henry, and CJ Bruden. So this SEN ownership doesn't have the money they can afford mm-hmm. to th- throw away like that. So I mean, you'd have to pay out John, and then also pay for your new coach to come in. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about last week, there's also nobody inside the club right now that could step up to be the head coach for the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't... And think, mid-season, I don't, I don't think you bring somebody in from the outside. No, you wouldn't bring someone from the outside. This would be, a, you know, an interim head coach mm. from the coaching staff already. So, yeah, I, I couldn't see anyone from that staff this year mm. to step up and, and take that role. Yeah. Um, obviously different in the, in the last year when you Mike Kelly had Mike Kelly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. It's it's. I mean, they're obviously backing him. They're They're sticking with him and... I mean, he's, he's got to turn this team around. He's, mm. he's got to figure a way. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting a couple of weeks and this weekend against Adelaide's huge. Mm. And then they go mm. and play in Melbourne on Monday as well. So yeah. it's yes. uh, it's a big weekend for them. A um, couple more players to touch on. Well, a few more. We talked about Jesse not playing. Um, obviously, he's at the end of his career. So that's another thing. But Ben Henschel's at the start of his career. He didn't play the first game of the season. Comes out two days later and he's a match winner against... The Phoenix, and he virtually hasn't played ever since. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Why is he still not playing? I have zero idea. <laughs> I, I honestly have no idea. Mm. I'm not sure. And look, playing time is earned throughout the week, yeah. right? At training, every day they're at practice. You know, they're in the gym. Playing time's earned that mm-hmm. way. But I can't see him not earning that throughout the week. Mm-hmm. You know, we saw what he could do against the Phoenix in that yeah. second game, and. When they signed him, they came out saying he's going to be the face of the club, mm-hmm. and you know this is going to be his club, and yeah. all that sort of all that yeah. sort of crazy stuff, which I thought was a bit early to be yes. to be saying that sort of stuff. And that's a lot of pressure to put mm-hmm. on a young kid, especially with a club like the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. I mean, throw him out there for a couple of minutes, see what happens. Yeah. You know, it, it, especially the way they were shooting the ball, mm-hmm. he can shoot it. Yeah. No one else could make a shot, so <laughs> why not throw him out there and see if he can make one? Yeah, Jordan Usher's the other one. Mm. Now that we look back on that first game of the season, 
I kind of feel like that was almost the worst thing to happen to him to yeah. score the 35 points because he felt like he was a superstar after that game. And he's now playing like a superstar that doesn't have a lot to back it up with. I mean, Friday night he had four points, shot one of six, and some of those six shots were horrible yeah. shots. He only played less than 18 minutes. Didn't I don't think he played the last 15 minutes of the game. No. Certainly didn't play at all in the fourth quarter. Is the pressure on him? Oh, there's definitely pressure on him. I think there's pressure on everyone yeah. throughout the entire club. Yeah, look, I said that exact thing to Dad. I had a chat to him the other day about it, and I said the worst thing that could have happened was mm. him coming out and yeah. having that game that he did in that first one. Yep. But he's when he was signed and he came in, he was adamant that he was going to be pushing for Defensive Player of the Year, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing that he has done has screamed that out at all. You know, <laughs> no. he Honestly, watching him, he's not good at all on defense. Well, so, I, asked, I asked you last week, yeah. have you seen anything to suggest he's yeah. a good defender? No. Seven days later, I think he's gone backwards. Yeah, and if that's the mindset that he came in with and then that happened in the first game, he's obviously switched mindsets, mm. right? Mm. But, I mean, he's got to take a step back and if he really thinks that he's that kind of a defender at that caliber, then he needs to actually make an emphasis of it well, because yeah. if you're a a good defender, you're not sitting for 50, the last 15 mm. minutes of a game mm. that you're trying to win. Yeah. I don't think he's scored 35 total points since uh, that <laughs> first game. Probably, probably hasn't. Okay, let's finish off this discussion with Bryce Cotton, mm-hmm. Cody. I think we both expect him to have a bounce-back game. Yep. He didn't. 3 of 19, 10 points, played 38 minutes, so again, he's playing exhausted. But mm-hmm. the Bullets did a great job. After, after the break, we were talking about the Bullets. Sam McDaniel was fantastic, but he struggled. The pressure is growing on him, not not in terms of his position, but just you can feel the frustration growing with him. Mm-hmm. So we talked about it last week. He needs more help from his teammates. Yeah. He also needs the ball out of his hands more, and if he can play off the ball a bit more, it'll help him. But his frustration is now spilling over to his wife as well. We saw comments from, from Rachel. Um, what's your take on it, on it all? Yeah, look, not ideal, right? <laughs> not ideal, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's never fun when it gets to that point. Mm. You know, I'm sure it was a, a bit of an awkward session, <laughs> you know, the day after. Yeah. I mean, Bryce shooting 19 shots is what you'd expect to happen, yes. right? But not the 19 shots that he's getting. They're all tough. They're all forced. They're all over a hand. They're out of nothing. You know, he might get one or two shots a game that is out of a play. But everything else is just him trying to create and him trying mm-hmm. to force it because it's like, well, he has to shoot these yeah. shots because he does. Yeah. He, he has to. He's, he's one of the greatest players to ever play in this league mm. but he's just not being utilized properly and you know it's been said throughout every media outlet mm. around the NBL he's just not being utilized properly so those 19 shots on top of playing 38 minutes mm-hmm. 39 minutes every single night yeah. is draining for him so all of a sudden he doesn't have those same legs in his shot mm. you know he he doesn't see those first two three four shots go in mm. you know those easy buckets yeah. and then he's all right, up and about and bouncing around and he's got a bit of momentum and a bit of confidence and he's seen the ball go in and, you know, he's got to the foul line and mm-hmm. made two or three from the foul line. Mm-hmm. Those other, those last 15, 16 shots, all of a sudden are a lot easier when you've, when you've done that. But not when you're getting contested shots, you're getting pushed around because everyone's playing overly physical with him. Mm-hmm. You're not getting those screens set for him. He's obviously frustrated. His family is obviously frustrated. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not an ideal situation. What about Rachel's comments? I mean, everything she said was spot on. It was, yeah. But should she have have said it? No, you can't can't come out and and do something like that, right? I I 100% agree with everything Mm. she said, right? And I'm sure we're not the Lone Rangers there, Mm. you know. I'm I'm sure the entire Red Army agrees with it. (laughs) But um, you've got to understand your position and that you're in and – Obviously a bit out of line and is what it is. It's happened now. It is what it is. I'm sure it's been dealt with and mm. it's pretty crazy that, you know, nothing was ever said about it mm. in the media as well. So mm. but it's it's probably something that they've tried to avoid and just not nah, don't want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, look, I I don't think it should have been done. But it's what happens when you get frustrated, <laughs> right? Did Lauren ever do anything similar? Oh, probably. <laughs> 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 no, look. All Lauren stuff's on private and all that yeah. sort of stuff anyway. So um, yeah, that's the thing with it. She probably she could have said it on one of her private conversations rather than, than the actual Wildcats fan yeah fan channel. Yeah, yeah, not an ideal place to put it, mm. unfortunately. All right, Cody, let's take a deep breath. When we come back, we'll talk about some more positive things 
<laughs> around the NBL. That'd be nice. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle, Cody. That was a, a deep breath segment. Yes, um, it was. So thank you to, to Tap Touch. I still think it's a discussion that needed to be had about the, the Perth Wildcats, so I hope everyone enjoyed that little bit of a, an insight into what's happening there, and hopefully for the Red Army's sake they can bounce back on Saturday night. But the biggest positive and surprise out of the weekend, Cody, was the Brisbane Bullets. Awesome. We talked about how we almost gave them no chance in their two games last week against... Perth, firstly on Friday night in Perth, and then having to go home to the Jack Jumpers on Sunday. No Aaron Baines, no Shannon Scott. It's amazing what can happen when you play as a team. Everyone bought into playing their role on the team. A couple of things I really liked. I liked the fact that um, Sam McDaniel and Mitch, Nor- Mitch Norton were allowed to start because Chris Smith was willing to sacrifice to come mm-hmm. off the bench, and that gave them, in the two spot, that scoring punch where Sobey and Smith could rotate, McDaniel could do his defensive jobs, yep. which he did an incredible job on both Bryce Cotton and Milton Doyle. Mitch Norton was terrific as a point guard. And then the big fellas, Tyrell Harrison, still got in foul trouble on Friday night, but yep. his 14 minutes were as impactful as anybody mm-hmm. in, in the game. Um, Josh Bannon was terrific. Everybody stepped up and played a role, and I think they were well, well coached. I mean, sometimes it's as simple as going out there and playing your role and being well coached can go a very long way and buying into your into your system. What did you make of the Bullets weekend? Oh, they were awesome. They were awesome and it's really cool to, to see that, you know, they've kind of stuck to their process yeah. and, I mean, reaping the rewards of it this mm. weekend, which is great. Um, you know, they're, they're doing all they can to, to back me up and putting them in the top yeah. four for <laughs> the start sure. of the season. So, no, look, I think obviously going in with no Bainsey and no Shannon Scott was, was pretty crazy mm. to think that they would come out with Two wins. Mm. You know, if you had gone into that weekend thinking, all right, can we try split this weekend? Yeah. It'd be perfect for us. Yeah. Coming out with two wins is huge. And that kind of writes their season, writes yeah. the ship a little yeah. bit for them. Um, obviously, you've got Bainsey coming back this week, mm-hmm. so that'll be interesting to see. Yes. But uh, no, look, Nordo and, and McDaniel were unbelievable defensively mm. all weekend. Mm. And I mean, we, we've come to know that with Nordo, that's yep. what he does. Yep. But I think Sam McDaniel is. Put his hand up for a early defensive player of the Absolutely. year, dog. Yeah, and you know the job he did on Bryce here, mm. um, and then the job he did on Milton Doyle was yeah. was unbelievable. It was it was really really well done. And well, listen, listen, listen to these numbers, Cody. Yep. I, I spoke to Damien Martin about this, who the award's named after, and I he said the two biggest defensive jobs in the league right now are trying to stop Bryce Cotton and Milton Doyle. Yeah, those are the two jobs for McDaniel for a combined over over the two games. Cotton and Doyle had seventeen points, and they shot six of twenty nine. I mean, Damo said in, in his award on, on our show, he wanted to give three votes, two votes, and one vote, all to Sam McDaniel. Yep. He, was, he was that good. An incredible effort. Yeah, I think he would deserve all six <laughs> votes, to be honest with you, because that's, um, yeah, look, that's impressive. That's extremely impressive. Mm. And, yeah, I mean, you know, he's, he's just, he's that bit bigger, he's mm. stronger than the plays he's playing against. Yeah. You know, that's, that's really showing. And, I mean, he's smart. He's so mm. smart on that end of the floor. And to have you know a two-headed monster and him and Nordo yeah. running around is pretty intimidating, I'm sure. Mm. So look, he's they've been unreal. How happy for Mitch Norton were you that in the building on Friday night he almost got more cheers and louder yeah. cheers than anybody else, probably, probably except yeah. for Jesse. Yeah, and look, I think that's pretty telling, yeah. you know, of the whole situation. And look, I was so happy for him. Mm. I was so happy that he came out. He was he made such a massive impact for them, and mm. he was kind of that. You know that that leader on the floor and did what it what it took to to get him over the line mm. and you know if <laughs> an odd game to watch because you know you saw Nordo business as usual as he always is on mm. the floor and then on the other side of the court all you saw was Ty Webster just trying yeah. to either make a mockery or just try and get yeah. his own against Nordo. He, he made one play and he did the two small. Did the two small. Signal. Yeah, yeah. But, and, but, and look, that came after. Tyre was in the paint and Nordo splashed a three. Yes. And, you know, you, you saw Shula run up and down the sideline, mm-hmm. you know, cheering that on. Yep. But that's, I think that's proof of where both teams sit right now. Mm-hmm. Nordo didn't care about that. No. You know, went down the other end and made another play, yep. you know. Whereas Tyre's doing everything to try and 
get his. Yep. And and Norto's playing for the team. Perfect example of a group of individuals yep. and a team. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah. Look, I, I was so happy for him, and and it was uh, I messaged him after the game, and and he was pretty stoked with with the win here, and mm. um, rightfully so. And he backed it up, and I think he did the best defensive job we've seen all season mm-hmm. on Jordan Crawford on Sunday. Yeah, he did. He did. And look, Norto is is one of the smartest players that you'll find. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know having having a guy like Norto and McDaniel on the same team yes. is is almost unfair on that defensive <laughs> end with, with two you know such high IQ mm-hmm. defensive players. But he did. He he did a really good job, and you know he's obviously bigger and stronger than than Jordan Crawford yep. is, and. Yep. He's obviously done his study. He, mm. he understands what you know how he gets his scores, and he did an unbelievable job. And that's you know about as poor a night as we've seen Jordan Crawford yeah. have this this season. We mentioned at the start as well, New Zealand breakers just a, a horrible run of run of luck, and some of it is beyond luck because of the positions that that they get put in. So we've already seen they've lost Justinian Jessup. They I think they, they they've done they've done well to replace him with Anthony Lamb, who's been been pretty good, but. They already had an injury to Finn Delaney and Will McDowell-White, which delayed their starts to the season. They then had to travel around the world, and then to top it off, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, before him going home, they had to play in Melbourne. Then they went home for three days, play again, and then the very next day they were on a plane to go back to Melbourne to play 48 hours later. So they've had the most horrible of schedule. They still almost pinched that game against the Phoenix. Like we we talked about their game back from the US against Melbourne United, we didn't think anyone else would be as competitive as Mm. they were in that situation. Same against the Phoenix without Zylan Cheatham, who they lost in the game against Adelaide on Thursday night. They're in a tough situation, but, boy, they're still so competitive Mm. and and so well-coached again. They're another team that gets a lot from their coach. Mm. Oh, no, absolutely. And, look, such a tough schedule to start the season, which, is again, is why I had them sneaking into that playing game yeah. at the end of the season because I thought this start, start of the season yeah. would be pretty slow for them and it'll take them some time. We didn't expect all these injuries <laughs> no. and you know that that really sucks. You know, losing a guy like Jessup is is super unfortunate because he he was a big get for them this year. I it gives them that shooting well, touch. They don't yeah. really have that without him. No, and they didn't really kind of have that caliber of shooter in the past couple of years, no, which no. which could have made them really successful. Yeah. Bring in Lamb, who's been, again, like you said, he's been really good for them. And then to lose Island Cheatham the way they did, mm. is that just sucks. And yeah. it was a bit of a scary one because it was mm. kind of off nothing. You know, yeah, the, the, yeah there was no contact. Foot. Yeah. And honestly, a broken foot is probably as good an outcome as you, you could get the, from what it looked like. The worry was his Achilles, wasn't yeah. it, at first? Yeah, well, that's immediately what I thought. Yeah. And thankfully it wasn't that. Mm. You never want to break a bone, but, no. you know, Breaking your foot, like I said, is probably the best outcome. Well, it for, gives him a chance like, to get back. It does. It does. You know, Delaney getting back now, mm-hmm. um, slowly getting his way back. Yeah. McDowell White getting his way back, but you know he's got such a heavy workload for that team. It's probably still going to take another another couple games to to really get his feet under him. Mm. But I mean, they're, they're competitive. They stay yes. competitive, yes. and and Modi Mayor has his team working as hard as anyone else, mm. and and. You're right. They almost almost pinched that game against Phoenix. Yeah. They were down 26 with a couple of minutes yeah. to go in the third, and I think it ended up being a three point game. Yeah. yeah. You know, they were right. I think they were back within a point in one stage. Yeah, they were. They were. They were right there to win it. Right there to win it, and then uh, yeah, back within two. And then for a team like that to be able to bring that game back to, you know, a shot or two mm-hmm. in it, yeah, is super impressive. Mm-hmm. You know, because everything they've gone through, everything that's happened to mm-hmm. them so far. That's a game that they could have been like, ah, all right, let's uh, take the foot off and blow it out to 40. But they didn't. They, they kept fighting and, you know, and I don't think Modi Mayor would let his team do something like that. So, no. look, there's there's positive signs there. there. There definitely is. And, again, a team that if they get healthy, I think um, can certainly make some noise towards the end of the season. Look, they're still going to be tough to beat. Yeah. They're still going to be tough to beat every single night. Um what do they do with Cheatham? Do they wait for him to come back and try to make do without him? Or I don't think they're going to go the other the route of bringing in a new import. Mm. It doesn't sound like it, but this is the thing that's sprung to mind. Does Rob Lowe come back in the meantime? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, he's still at Melbourne yes. as an injury replacement for Delhi now. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's a tough one because, I mean, broken foot, it's out for a while. It's out for a good chunk of the season. and well, he, He's not back this year. So January is the earliest he'll be yeah, back. Yeah, so... It's tough, right? And you know, going out and finding imports now is 
<laughs> is a tough thing to do, mm. you know, because most leagues around the world are going now. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you do you just try deal with what you've got, or do you try find an injury replacement for him? I mean, you obviously don't um, get rid of him, mm. um, but no, they're in a, a bit of a tough spot. Um, I wouldn't expect you'd see Rob Lowe back there at mm-hmm. all. I think he sees out the season with Melbourne. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, look, tough spot because, I mean, they've already done an unbelievable job in in covering and, and finding someone to replace Jessup. So, yeah. you know, to, to have to do that again <laughs> and find someone as yeah. high caliber is, is going to be tough, which yeah. it, it sucks because the chemistry we saw between McDowell, White and Cheatham was awesome. Yeah. You know, he's that kind of perfect player for Will to play with, you know, because... He's so crafty. He gets in the lane, and Cheatham can just go and jump above everyone and catch it and dunk it. So okay. it's it's going to be an interesting, I guess, probably week or so to see what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got to figure it out pretty quick. Yeah, well, they can't afford to drop too many games. They're only one and well, they're one and four. But yeah. yeah, you don't want to rack up those losses. Did Melbourne United push further ahead of the pack over over this this weekend, Cody? And they're doing it. Look at look at those rebounding numbers across the mm-hmm. two games against the Jack Jumpers and the Hawks. 94 rebounds to 43. Yep. That's uh, extremely impressive. Yeah. And look, against against teams that they probably should out-rebound, honestly. Yeah. But that's, <laughs> I mean, that's a ridiculous margin, yeah. you know. Um, in terms of pushing a lot further forward, I, I don't think they took leaps and bounds ahead of everyone else mm-hmm. in the league. I think, like I mentioned earlier in the first segment, they kind of just did what they needed to, mm-hmm. to, to get over the line at the moment. And... Again, you don't want to be peaking at this time of the year. You know that you don't win championships in October, no, November. No, no. So, I think uh, I think they're just they're just doing what they need to. You know, they're they're so methodical in what they do. They're um, each night has been someone else step up and and be big time for them. And I mean, they're still two three steps ahead of everyone else anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, look, they're they're just so tough. Almost the complete opposite of where they were this time last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they yeah. they finished so strongly last year, they just missed out on yep. sinking to the playoff game. But to get a, get a fast start for this team, I mean, I still think they'll get a lot better. Oh, they, they can still get better in the second half of the season. They absolutely can. You know, Joe Lowell-Chul's only yes. a couple of games back now, and, you know, Delhi's still not in the lineup yep. again now, and Travers is still finding his feet yep. in this system. And Huck Porty's Huck only Porty's, kind of getting better too. Well, that's it. Huck Porty's only played however many games they've played now mm. and after having you know a year off yeah. with that injury. And, yeah, you're right. Their room for growth is is scary. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's it's going to be in a, an interesting one. Sydney Kings, Cody. You said at the start you weren't concerned about them. Um, they've built this team to be a three-point shooting team. Yep. They, they want to clearly shoot the most three-pointers yes. as, as any team in the league. And they're going to live and die by that. They're dying by it a little bit at the moment. Yeah. Over the last four games, they've gone... 39 of 149, 26%. And on Saturday night in Cairns, they really struggled. Jalen Adams went 1 of 8, quite noisy, 0 of 4. Denzel Valentine, 2 of 7. DJ Hogue in his first game back, 2 of 8. Are you concerned about their three-point shooting or do you think it'll come good? Oh, look, I think it'll come good. Look, they've got too many talented shooters on that team. Adams, you wouldn't expect to go 1 for 8 too many times. Quite mm. Noy, who is pushing his teammate for most improved, is... Yeah, uh, yeah has been unbelievable this season so far. You wouldn't expect him to go 0 for 4 again. No. Valentine, I'm not sold on as mm. as a great knockdown shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Ho, he's, it's his first game he's going to come good. Yeah. Two for eight. Bit of the hype around first game yeah. back and playing <laughs> against his old club yeah. and all that sort of fun stuff. So, look, I, I don't think they've been the the best three-point shooting team in the league, you know, no, at all so far this season. No. They're certainly getting enough up to, yeah. to claim that title. But... Um, I think their shooting will come good. And the way they play, you know, that fast pace transition, you know, get a stop, rebound and push it, I think opens itself and lends itself to that three-point barrage, really. Mm. So they'll come good. Mm. I think they'll come good. Kansas is a tough place to shoot sometimes. Mm. You know, you're mm. either shooting them at 48% <laughs> as a team yeah. or in the 20s. You know, yeah. there's no real in-between in that stadium. So, um, look, they definitely had an off night. But, you know, a lot of credit to Cairns and, and what they did, you know, defensively and jumped it up a bit on, on them. And, yeah, I guess kind of, yeah, look, they'll come good. They'll come good. What about the Taipans? So they're still without Tadu McCall and Taryn Armstrong. They're their two, I think they're their two main ball handlers coming yeah. into the season. And I think Patrick Miller was their third. Yeah. 
So they didn't have any of them for the second half against the Kings once Miller went down pretty scary with a, mm. with a really tough fall. How much does it say about them to bounce back and beat Sydney like that? And I want to get your thoughts on Bull Kowal because he talked after the loss to the Hawks and he, he took it really hard. He blamed himself for the loss and yep. said he wasn't good enough. And boy, the way he bounced back on Saturday night against Sydney, he had a point to prove and I think he had the biggest impact of anybody in, in that game. Oh, he certainly did, and he played all 40 minutes. He did, he, yes. Uh, in a backup game, which is <laughs> yeah. very impressive. No, look, he's been he's been unbelievable, and his growth on the offensive end has been fun to watch. Um, and, you know, that a lot of that credit obviously goes to 40 as yeah. well, and, yeah. and, you know, what he does with his players, and, mm. you know, he pumps their tyres up and puts them in positions to be successful and, and pushes them to, to actually shoot the ball. And he's, he's been awesome. He's been so good. So Forty's going to get the best out of his squad, no matter what squad he puts on the floor. And for them to back up and get a win over Sydney is huge. That's huge. And especially in front of their home fans. Mm. Uh, I only expect these guys to get better and better. Again, two main ball handlers mm. out. Mm. And you know they were able to do what they did. Yeah. Um, I think Patrick Miller's been unbelievable for them. And he's he stepped has. up big time. He is a big unit, goodness me. But uh, no, he's been so good for them. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens once they get Mm. McCall and Armstrong back because, you know, Pat Miller's obviously now come to expect, all right, well, I'm running the show now. We saw that as a problem at times last year where McCall had the ball in his hands too much when Shannon Scott didn't see it quite Mm. enough. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be... uh, Something to keep an eye on, I think, mm. and see what happens. All right, Cody, let's wrap up this segment and then we'll come back and start looking ahead to round six. The award winners from this week. The Galen, best team man in the NBL. This is a guy who we've talked a little bit. He doesn't always put himself in a position to be a candidate for this sort of award, but Nathan Sobey had a big weekend, but he played a good team game. That was as unselfish a weekend as he's probably had in his NBL career and I think a, a pretty worthy winner from Simon Mitchell. Oh, absolutely. He was he was awesome. And for a guy like Sobes to, to come out and do that and, I mean, obviously not take a back seat because he came out and put points on the board mm. and, and did what they needed to, I, I think he's certainly a, a worthy candidate. And it, it's fun to see that kind of, or that side of, of Sobey, mm. right? Because... We know what he can do, right? We know what he can do offensively and how explosive he is. And, you know, he's one of the best local players we've got in the league. Has been for some time now. But to be able to do, be able to sacrifice a couple of those little things that, you know, last few years he's had to take on his shoulders and and really just constantly be the man. To take that back seat and trust his teammates was was wicked to see. And look, I think it was probably... Two or two of his teammates that could have yes. challenged him for this award this yeah. week, but uh, I think he's certainly a a worthy recipient. Yeah. Speaking of those teammates, Sam McDaniel, as we mentioned before, the three votes in the best defensive player award from Damian Martin, Bobby Clintman. He's he's having a big impact in the yeah. Taipans, and again another guy that is thriving because of the confidence that yeah. Adam Ford's giving him. Luke Travers as well, a really good rebounding weekend, especially after being challenged by Dean Dean Vickerman to go and grab some more rebounds. Yeah. No. Look, I think. You know, we spoke about it earlier. McDaniel probably could have taken all six <laughs> yes. points here. Yeah. But uh, no, Clemens been been really good. Mm. And I think on the offensive end, he was tough this, this mm. weekend. But defensively, he's just, he's long. Yeah. He's long and athletic. And he's willing he's, to try to put his body on the line too. Yeah, definitely. Which is good to see. Mm. Which is really good to see. LT, we all know what he gives mm. and on that defensive end. And the rebounding has been, been big for him. And yeah. it was big for, I mean, he... He led their team in rebounding this weekend, I believe. Yeah, 24 and, of them this yeah, weekend alone. Yeah, that's massive, right? That's mm. freaking more than some teams are getting in, in the game. <laughs> and, you know, he, he's going to give you the that length and um, versatility on the defensive end. He's going to get you steals and all that mm. sort of stuff. So um, all three pretty much hit the nail on the head, I think. Matty Knight's play with the year votes. This is tough because there's so many players across the whole weekend that stand out. Mm. So to narrow it down to five guys is tough, but... He's gone one vote DJ Vasilovic, two votes Isaac Humphreys, three votes Parker Jackson Cartwright, mm-hmm. four votes Gary Brown, five votes Alan Williams. Clearly he was impressed with what the Phoenix did. Yeah, definitely was. And rightfully so. Yes. Rightfully so. You know, those two guys are, are really leading from the front from there. And, um, you know, while, while Creaky's still still trying to find his feet, you mm-hmm. know, he didn't have a mm-hmm. massive end no of his season. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, and look, Jackson Cartwright's been really good. He's been tough. Mm. He's uh, he's crafty. He just finds a way. So um, he was he was good this weekend. And then the uh, the Adelaide boys um, in Humphreys and DJ. So again, nail on the head there. I think it was probably a tough round for him because mm. there was lots of lots of standout players. So uh, look, pretty happy with that list too. All right, Cody. That's a lot to get through. Let's turn the page now. And when we come back, it's a massive round six in the NBL to look forward to. Thanks to Tap Touch. Let's do it. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, back on Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle, Cody. Um, it's been a pretty full show so far. There's yes, been a lot, to, a lot to dissect. Let's try and help find some winners thanks to Tap Touch for round six. Head to taptouch.com.au or the TapTouch app to find all these markets and also have a go at our exclusives, Cody. Mm. Are you feeling good about your, your picks this week? Yeah, look, I think so. I think so. I mean, it's just, it's been so hard. <laughs> it's, you know, it keeps getting harder and harder each yeah, week. Yeah. You know, different teams are showing up each night and um, look, doing all we can. Yes, <laughs> yes, we're trying our best. Thursday night, fascinating game for a lot of reasons. Brisbane Bullets against the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, both teams in form. We've talked about the Bullets coming off. Those two wins last weekend. The Southeast Melbourne Phoenix have now won four in a row since being at full strength. What are you expecting? Look, I expect a really good game, mm. actually. Uh, I think both teams in really good form right now. We, we spoke about Norto and McDaniel having really good defensive weekends. But mm. Again, it doesn't get any mm. easier for mm. them this week. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how Bainesy slots into yes. this Bullets yeah. team and how much he plays and whether... If he comes in and disrupts anything, whether mm. whether Shula puts him on his butt and, and mm. sits him for a bit. Well, um, do, do you start Baines or does he come off the bench? I'd bring him off the bench, honestly. Yep. I think I think Ty's been unbelievable and mm. even Rocco yeah. backing him up <laughs> yeah. as, as a 17-year-old yeah. kid has been... They've been so good. Yep. They've been so good. So to be able to throw a guy like Baines in there is... It's good. It's, mm. it's obviously mm. very handy. Mm. It's going to be interesting to see if he, uh, if he does disrupt them a bit. Look, I, I expect Phoenix to keep rolling. And, mm-hmm. uh, and probably take this one. But uh, I expect a pretty good game. Two games Friday night. These will be fascinating for two very different reasons. Mm. Um, first up, we've got the New Zealand Breakers and the Cairns Taipans. I think it's in Christchurch from, yeah, from yeah. memory. So again, the Breakers, even though it's a home game, they still have to mm-hmm. get on a plane and, and travel. Um, against the Taipans, as, as far as I know, the Taipans won't have McCall or Armstrong yeah. back, but hopefully Miller will be right to go. The Breakers, you know, obviously missing Cheatham. Gee, this will be a good one. Yeah, and this is a bit of a flip of the coin, yeah. this one, for me. But, uh, again, expect a decent game. So hopefully we can get uh, get the, the Taipans full strength soon. Mm. That'd, be, that'd be nice. Um, you know, looking forward to see Armstrong in there and seeing mm-hmm. what he can do. But, look, I, I do expect New Zealand to, to come out and get this one. Um, I think they need to, mm. really, to right their ship a little bit. Having a home game and still having to get on a flight sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it's not ideal. No, especially when what they've been through already. Mm. Um, this next one, your two former teams, yeah. the the New South Wales rivals, the Illawarra Hawks, the Sydney Kings. Mm-hmm. Not too much pressure on the Hawks, but again, no. they are two and five, so they can't afford to keep losing. But I feel like this is a game the Kings need to get as well. They do, and it's it's always interesting between these two teams. Mm-hmm. It's not usually a blowout either way. Mm. It's uh, it's always a fight. It's always a scrap. Mm. I do expect Sydney to to come out and shoot a lot better than they did mm-hmm. um, against Cairns last week. Um, but you know, like we mentioned, the, the Hawks are, have become competitive again now, mm. which, which is good to see. Mm. So they obviously need to get one. They need to steal one. But so does Sydney. Yes. You know, Sydney needs to write their shit properly. Where did your heart sit, Cody? Ah, honestly, nowhere. <laughs> it really doesn't. I think. Um, Obviously, very lucky to have played for both these clubs and, um, you know, don't have any allegiance either way, obviously, <laughs> one more than the other, but uh, obviously like to see both clubs do well. What about your old mate Julian O'Brien? Where does his heart sit? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? You know, on social media, it's with the Kings, but, you know, you <laughs> yeah. still see him sitting courtside yes. of Hawks games. So. He's very happy with the Harvey game winner last week. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Obviously, he, he's working for the Kings now, mm. so uh, I'm sure that's where it, it tilts. Okay, two more on Saturday. Rematch from Sunday. So the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, the Brisbane Bullets, it's in Launceston. That makes it interesting because 
But Jack Jumpers have had a horrible record playing in Launceston so far. Yeah, they have. It's not been a happy stomping ground mm. for them, has it? So. They've only won one game over the, the two mm. years. Yeah, not ideal. No. Not ideal. And another another kind of home game that's not really yes. a home game. Yes. So, I mean, you know, Brizzy's got to got to turn around pretty quick and, and hopefully keep up with um, with with the Jack Jumpers in this one. Mm. You know, after after playing at home uh, on the Thursday. But uh, again, the the guards of Brisbane just mm. have their hands full every single night, yeah. don't they? So, yeah. but I can't think of two two better guys to to have that challenge mm-hmm. set for them. Look, flip of the coin. I think uh, I, I think Tassie's going to be ready and raring to go for this one. Mm. Uh, you'd, you'd expect Doyle to have a bit of a better game. You'd yeah. expect Crawford to have a bit of a better game. Look, I, I reckon Tassie get it. Um, purely for the fact that, that Brizzy has to back up. Yeah. Can't wait to get your thoughts on this yeah. one, Cody. Back at back at RAC Arena, the Perth Wildcats, the Adelaide 36ers, there's always a lot riding on it every mm. time these two teams play, but all of a sudden the Sixers have got a bit of momentum and they're fresh, so they wouldn't have played for, for nine days by the time they play, yeah. they play this game. All the attention is going to be on how the Wildcats respond. Well, it is, and you know, it, it's a big job for the, for the bigs of the Wildcats this mm. weekend. Isaac Humphreys came out and tore him to shreds last time they they were they played here, and for them to to come out and snag a win, they're gonna they're gonna have to figure out how to guard that. Yeah. So massive game for both teams. Perth need to show some sort of signs of mm-hmm. of, of change and moving forward. Um, and Adelaide, like you said, fresh off nine days, but sometimes that's not great for you. Mm-hmm. You know, you you kind of it's, it's better than playing after two days, but. Mm-hmm. You know those those long stretches of of season where you don't play it can be frustrating for yeah. a player. So especially when you had momentum. Yeah, well they'll 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 be ready to go, but there's going to be a bit of a flip of the coin. I I, I do think Perth get this one mm. and and uh, show a little bit of change. Yeah, we spoke to Scott Ninnis at a point last year, and he yep. talked to us about the pain that the Perth Wildcats have caused him over his mm-hmm. lifetime in Adelaide. He's now part of the 36ers again. How much would he love to come in here and? Get this win and turn the pressure on his his old foes. Yeah, and snag another. It'd be yeah, I'm sure he'd be loving it. <laughs> he'd be loving it. No, it would have been would have been good for them getting it over the Wildcats last game. But uh, yeah, he, he'll uh, him and CJ both. I'm yes. sure uh, are sitting in that same boat. Okay, two on two more on Sunday. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix back at home to the Cairns Taipans. Again, a lot depends on how they went in their first game for the weekend. But what are you expecting? Yeah, look, tough weekend for Cairns. Especially, you know, hopefully Patrick Mills gets to go because mm. if he's not, then it's yeah. <laughs> then they're really shorthanded yes. in that in that guard role. So, look, right now I feel like the Phoenix uh, are one of the hotter teams in the league, and, and they're rolling. Um, I'd expect them to get that one. Then we've got the first grand final rematch from mm. from last year. I know a little bit's changed, and obviously there's no Chase Buford, there's no Xavier Cooks, but there are still a lot of the same same faces. The Sydney Kings against the New Zealand Breakers. I'm fascinated to see how, how this matchup goes. Yeah, well, Sydney playing a quote-unquote road game on Friday, yes. which is an hour and a half drive down, down the road, road. Yes. It's, uh, it's, it's probably pretty handy for them. I mean, coming home and, and playing against New Zealand, who, who will have, have to have to fly. come from Christchurch yeah. and go to Sydney again. Yeah, yep. So, look, Sydney's, Sydney's going to have a big weekend, I think. I think they're going to have a big weekend and all those main guys are going to step up. I think mm. DJ Hogue's going to explode a bit this weekend and, yep. and have a bit of a, a breakout Game or two for them um, and really get his feet firmly on the ground for them. So I expect Sydney to beat them. Monday night as well. So we haven't had too many. We haven't had a Monday night game so far, and I think they're trying to avoid that. But this one's in Melbourne on Melbourne Cup Eve, so it makes, yep. makes a bit of sense from that point of view. And it's a very fresh Melbourne who wouldn't have played at all this weekend until this game. They're mm-hmm. on a six-game winning streak, and I think they'll be at full strength. So I don't think... Daly is going to let himself sit for another game. I yeah. think he's going to demand that he plays this game. I think Ian Clark should be back. And then they host the Perth Wildcats, who, again, a lot will depend on what they do on Saturday night. But, gee, this is this is a tough task. Yeah, and look, losing builds pressure, right? And mm. the Cats are under a lot of it. And they're under a lot of media pressure and everything from the fans and, and all that that we've already spoken about in length on this episode. But, uh, look, going into Melbourne is no easy feat. Mm. You know, it's tough to, to win there at the best of times, let alone when you're when you're not playing fantastic basketball. I, I think they'll I think Melbourne will win this one. It's gonna be a big crowd, I'm sure, especially Melbourne Cup A, yeah. you know, it's, it's 
it's a bit of an event um, night before and then going into Melbourne Cup Day. Mm. So I expect uh, I expect Melbourne to come out and, and really, really push them on this one. Yeah, I think so. So, all right, Cody, that's about enough for us for, for this week. Mm. Thank you to Hoop7 for making it possible once again. And as always, if you're in Perth, head on to Murray Street and check out the store. If not, go to hoop7.com.au and hopefully we can help you find a winner thanks to TabTouch. So download the TabTouch app or... Go to tabtouch.com.au. That's enough for, for me for, for this week. Cody, I'll leave you with your final words and you might need to take a break next week. This has been a lot to digest and yeah. it might take you a week to recover. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. No, look, uh, it'd be good to have, have Simon back on the show next week. So uh, please enjoy that. But uh, no, look, special shout out to, to Mitch and Sasha Norton who have uh, just announced uh, a bub coming in, mm. in April. So big shout out to those guys. Um, you know, is one of my favourite people on the, on the planet Earth, so I'm um, very happy for those guys. He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tap Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.